0: Hi, everyone. Um, Yeah, we've heard Chris and Ingrid talk about the um, design side of circular economy and implementing some of those. I'm going to show you my experience and hopefully take you on a bit of a journey on um, a startup that I set up about four and a half years ago called GlobeChain, And hopefully explain the bits of challenges and enablers um, of us implementing a circular economy model and also helping other companies enable the transition of that. Um, The image behind me, I'm sure everybody is aware of this type of environment. Um, Typical office space. Um, I myself used to work for an investment bank, and we had an office space very similar to this. And um, one day, the facilities um, people came up and said, we're going to move offices, and we literally went across the road. You could see the building from from the window. And they asked me, pick your new table, new chair, new computer, new carpet tile color. And I was like, what's wrong with all this? Why don't we just pick it up? and send it across the road. And they were like, no, we've been told to get rid of everything, rebrand, and we're throwing it all away. And I just thought, well, you know, why don't you give it away to charities, to small businesses, to individuals that may require that, because it was perfectly good condition. And there just wasn't that mindset into um, having the effort to put into picking up the phone and finding who was interested in those items. And it made me start to think, um, when they were talking to me, they were saying it cost them around £50,000 per person to make that move. And I just thought, that's commercial madness, because we have 300 people in the building. And um, I particularly like this slide, because somewhere in our evolution, we messed up. <laughs> and unfortunately, we can't go back and reinvent the wheel. But we can implement very simple solutions and help companies evolve. Corporates um, back in 2030, or even longer, did didn't think of sustainability and didn't imagine resources ever running out, so their business models weren't built on the foundations of some of the businesses today. Um, And it was at the time kind of Airbnb and Uber were just kind of emerging. And I thought, why has nobody digitalized waste? Why has no one connected people on a platform to um, bring all the charities and anybody requiring items and resources connected with the people giving it away? And also collecting data. We heard earlier with Leila about the social, economic, and environmental impacts. Why aren't we measuring that to show how the value of assets can be passed along the the life cycle and the, the chain, if you like? Um, To give you a brief example of how that could be implemented, retail shops have a lot of display items. They change every season, so every time you see new clothes in the shops, they've changed around their visuals. Um, they sometimes have warehouses where they keep stocks. Sometimes they forget what stock's in there, and sometimes that stock stays in for a, a long, long time, many years, until somebody realizes that they're paying for warehouse space, and actually they need room now to bring in new, and what happens to it? It gets either disposed of or incinerated. Um, a really simple example could be basically just to pass it to charity shops or small businesses that have their own retail space um, and, you know, re- use it in a really simple way. So our system, the way I decided to build it, was just really put together everybody as a um, a member network. And we focus in three areas. Retail, as I've just mentioned to you, the fixtures and fittings. We've got construction material, which is anything from demolition to excess materials when they buy for construction sites. And then you've got the office furniture and the refurbs and the um, computer equipment as well. Um, it works in a really simple way, a bit like eBay or a free tree. So um, companies upload in bulk onto the site, Alerts get sent to all the members interested in particular items. They request them and they pick them up for free. And the system basically collects data on everything from kilos diverted from landfill. um, If they've saved money, how much it saved them. If they resold it, how much money did they make from it? If they recycled it, what did they do? And also collect a few of the indirect impacts like upskilling and employment. So if things were fixed or volunteers were used to learn new skills, how did that help on a macroeconomic viewpoint? Um, At the beginning, circular economy, like Ingrid said, didn't even exist in those terms. So we focused it more on the commercial aspect of a company saving money because it's cheaper to use our system as a subscription fee rather than disposing in a skip, for example, or pay the landfill tax. And um, we are finding that by speaking to these corporates and asking them, what's your problem? What, what, what What are you having problems with at the moment? We kind of built the site around solutions that they require and really you find there's a pattern in different sectors and what type of items people are struggling to find homes for. Um, We've been really lucky just in the way the system's designed, um, the pioneering companies that have been on board using it and we've managed to go to around 10,000 members Um, we've got a couple of clients in Europe and we're just starting in the US. So there's evidence of um, circular economy models beginning to scale up, um, and the impacts have been really interesting to document. Um, Within 18 months, we've nearly done 2 million um, kilos from landfill, and that's just a handful of big corporations doing that. So imagine on a localised and a global scale of that supply chain, how many things can can be transacted through that. Um, And what's been really interesting is the indirect impacts of how people have been innovative themselves and created micro-businesses in utilising those resources and creating something out of nothing that somebody thought was waste, their waste. Um, There's been a lot of challenges, I won't lie, in uh, setting up this business. Um, Some of the main ones here, the first one is about procurement. Um, Normal traditional companies, their procurement panels, their supplier channels have been set up based on very traditional business models. Um, We're not a normal business. When I first started, there was no type of business in the marketplace, so I couldn't explain or type in and form what we did. So things like questions like, you know, do you have a health and safety risk assessment form? Um, you know, do you do your duty of care? You know, who's coming in onto the construction site and what kind of qualifications do they have? We don't do that because we're virtual. We don't, we don't go in. So we had to override systems and we had to um, rely on people within organisations to help us override those systems and kind of promote us internally. So there's a lot of um, limitation to being able to just um, go straight in and get on a supply panel on that side, which is changing, which is great. Um, The other area is lack of data. Um, Obviously researching this from um, a personal perspective before I set up, there was no data in the industry on reuse or even social impact sustainability. Um, The only data I found was recycling data, and it was a really two people claiming there is about 440 million. Um, as you've just heard, Ella MacArthur, McKinsey, and PricewaterhouseCoopers have done um, a lot of extensive studies since then, and they they think the economy is worth about one trillion now, with online marketplaces worth around 500 billion. So I'm glad that they found that data <laughs> to help, but at the time, um, we just thought, you know what, we have to create our own data ourselves, and we found actually that corporates wanted that data. It wasn't just about carbon emission savings. They were using it to um, input that data into their sustainability reports. They actually can put it into their profit. and loss accounts if it's stock, because obsolete stock can be used on the site, and you can offset it if you gift it from a charity perspective. So there's a lot of tax incentives for those kind of things. And I think Sweden um, has just changed their framework as well for repairing electronic goods. Um, so there's different elements of legislation that's been changing. But um, from my perspective, when the legislation first came out, people were a bit wary about basically just giving something away with no documentation. So we had to fight for something in writing from the Environment Agency saying, if you reuse something, technically, is that waste? And actually, the answer is no, because it doesn't physically go into a bin or a skip. There's a gray area in the industry where basically um, you could reuse it and you don't need waste license notes. So at the beginning, people are a bit skeptical about that, but now it's a well-known fact in the industry. Um, Another area our business was basically self-funded by myself and in the third year it started making a profit. Um, We didn't get any funding because the private equity and the venture capital markets didn't understand our model because there was nothing in the industry that set a standard to projections and the money and how the company was being valued. So people were quite um, scared of taking a risk at a very um, you know younger age of the company. Um, um, luckily, now, it's a bit more open and people are changing their opinions of things. Um, and then the other area is behavior change. and um, We've heard a lot about it today with um, a lot of people. Um, changing certain behavior internally in companies was quite an interesting process um, where we had to basically show and trial with people within companies and then get their trust in the system. And as soon as they knew it was convenient and easy to use, um, they started shouting about it. Our turnaround when something's listed is 24 hours and it's all taken. And the largest thing we've done was uh, 13,000 pallets of brand new kitchen cabinets that went in 48 hours to seven charities. So it just shows you what people do with it. And I'll I'll, I'll show you a few examples later of how that's been used in a circuit economy way. Enablers, as I've mentioned before, government is changing. There's a lot of funding out there to fund innovation and ideas. There's not so much on the scaling aspects of companies already out in the market, but I think that's about to change. Um, and also the investment arena is really looking into it, and you know they see um, credit risking and the way they fund companies um, is very much going to go down the sustainability route and specifically social impact type of data as well. So I think going forward, you're going to find a lot of these investments investment firms are going to have um, it as a criteria to look at um, how a company is helping communities or doing something on the social, economic and environmental sides. Um, This is an example, just to give you an example of what's happened and what could happen from a circular economy perspective, this is a well-known coffee brand. Um, We took a charity um, that takes unemployed youth, unemployed people, um, to grow oyster mushrooms in um, unwanted coffee grind, because the nutrients are in the grind. And basically, they create micro-businesses and sell the oysters into the community. They actually grow these in very damp Olding Housing Association blocks, because it's the perfect conditions, (laughs) apparently, to grow oyster mushrooms. But um, from a commercial perspective, aspect, you can't have 500 mushroom farms around the country for um, a particular store. So um, a lot of coffee shops now are looking at um, biofuel pellets, coffee pellets, where they can burn their own coffee grinders energy and bring it back into the system. So this is a way where they've done it very simple reuse, and they're looking at the technology and how they can implement it. Um, we have the Nat- National Health Service in the UK using it for medical equipment. Um, this is a picture of a healthcare centre in a rural area um, in Sierra Leone. It's an um, Ebola crisis area. Um, the seven hospitals gave away 15 tons of patient beds, saline solutions, medical equipment, things you can't buy out there or they don't have the money or access to. And it kitted out um, two hospitals, a school, and a local authority office. Um, we did um, a study on how much they've got rid of this year. And a container the size of this um, This um, stand here, there was 87 of those got reused this year through charities. So they saved thousands of pounds, but all that's been reused in hospitals in the Ukraine um, to rebuild hospitals in Libya and um, a lot of other places in South Africa as well. So it just shows you the simple ways people can do things. Um, One of the final ones is construction. Construction is quite an interesting area, because there's a lot more legislation involved in it. Um, but we've had developers give away the free products to charities. And this one was a demolition site. And um, they were basically demolishing a pump house. There was a school um, and a, a farm that teach under-privileged children GCSE English and um, maths. And they were told by inspectors um, if you don't have male and female toilets, we're going to have to close the school down. It's, it's illegal to have one, one unisex toilet. So they couldn't afford the toilets. So this construction company basically took out all the toilets, gave it to them, and indirectly it helped a school not close down. They had the money now to, you know, to, put, to implement what they needed to do. So it just shows you the value in something that they thought was waste, wasn't, and really actually benefited not just that school not opening, but maybe those 20 children in the class. And it's that type of data that has a value in the industry going forward, specifically on a circular economy perspective. So I hope that's been um, interesting to hear. And um, just really, if there's anything to take from it, is if you think something has, um, is at the end of its life, um, it may just be the beginning of it. So thank you.